the shit show that is this world. What is the shit show of the world today? Rosa? Wait. Oh God. Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, also known as Cheap Lazy Vegan on YouTube. And I'm Daniel, one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel. We're two friends who love to talk about the latest trending topics. So get comfortable and join us while we give our savage take on just about everything. You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash the savage podcast. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, guys. Seriously, if you could only hear the conversations that go on right before we hit record. Maybe I'll keep that one in the beginning. You know, the <laughs> beginning right before it goes into music. Um, no, no, Daniel, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, speaking of which, you know, why why Rose and <laughs> speaking I Speaking of Nar. Speaking of Nar, why why <laughs> Where have you been, Daniel, for the last <laughs> week? Well, um <laughs> not not New Zealand. Not uh, New Zealand. <laughs> no. Not where I'm from. No. So basically one of my oh god, my like buttons are coming undone on my Daniel's shirt. Daniel's dressed like, in a very lovely floral dressing uh shirt. Dressing shirt. What what do you call this? Dress shirt. Dress shirt. <laughs> I didn't know. I've never heard it called a dressing shirt before, but okay, we're going to go with it. Um, no. So basically I, um, one of my really good friends that I met in London, she moved to Australia while we were still in London at the same company and she transferred there and then met this guy in Australia and fell in oh, love. We're telling, we're telling the whole love story. Mm-hmm. And now they, now they've been married. So I got invited to the wedding. I went and it was amazing. I had such a yep. good time. Yeah. Um, but there were some interesting things about Australia. Okay. I, any Aussie listeners comment below if you're watching on yes. YouTube. So I was in Sydney guys. First of all, y'all are so lucky in Sydney. The, <laughs> the vegan food scene. Oh my God. Out of this world. Oh, like, I'm so jealous. It actually was so good. So I went to this one place for, well, I went for two kind of like vegan brunches cause I love, right. You love, you love a brunch. I love a brunch. I have lo- you be a basic bee. Exactly. I'm a basic, <laughs> I'm a basic white girl. Six living true to my spirit animal of a 16 year old girl. I love to go for brunch. Um, <laughs> So guys, that's the way to my heart. If we ever meet up, just take me for brunch. And I'll, I'll love you forever. Was it a boozy brunch? Well, I did a boozy brunch as well. Uh, I but, love a boozy brunch. Yeah, we did a bottomless brunch on Sunday. Mm. So that was really fun. Um, but no, I went to a couple um, really good places. One of them was called Oh My Goodness or something or Oh My Something. Okay. And it was like a vegan bakery. And they had mm. like, it, like literally they had this huge counter, which you walk by. And it has like croissants and like all kinds right. of stuff. And then I got like a breakfast. It was like a breakfast burrito wrap, but it had like fake ham and it had like just egg in there. Mm. And like, honestly, they made it so good. There was like some vegan mayo and some other sauce sensation. <laughs> and then I had a, a, a chocolate hazelnut croissant. Oh, sounds so good. And it was delightful. I also, there was a couple other restaurants. But anyway, overall, the vegan food scene in Sydney. Is like incredible. It's amazing. Right. Like it's so good. Right. Um, so I'm very envious. Very envious. Oh, like of people living there? Yeah. 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 Um, but <laughs> there were some weird things. So I stayed on Bondi and it's like a beach area. Yeah. And, and it's like famous. It's I've very, heard of it. Yeah, yeah, very famous. It's like super popular. So I stayed there. That's where my like cl- close to where my friend lives. Um, and while I was there, first of all, I have never felt more self conscious in my life. Oh my god! But to be fair, I feel like it's a lifestyle there. Like everybody, well, at least everybody at the beach was like ridiculously in shape. Like, right. To the point where it's like, because I'm like not a big guy. Like I'm like right. a regular average Joe. You know. Right. But you felt like. Oh my! I felt like <laughs> I felt like I was like fucking on the b- biggest loser, and oh I needed to god. lose like seven hundred pounds. So I was like. Like, holy shit, these people are in shape. And the weird thing is there, it's like, I feel it is part of a lifestyle thing. Like people are awake super early. 
Like oh. everybody gets up at like five to go to the gym. Like it's like right. They're thing. like very intense. Yeah, they get up super early. I think part of that might be like because it gets hot during the day and stuff. So maybe it's easier to work out in the this in makes the morning. Sense. But also everything like kind of it doesn't know that it closes earlier but i just felt like overall like nobody's out partying late like it seems like it seems like for example there's a rule i think it was in sydney where it's like after 9 p.m they're not technically allowed to like serve just like regular shots they have to like be like watered down or like with an ice cube or something okay okay so it's like a very and even like for weddings and stuff a lot of them finish like the wedding i went to right the venue closed at 11 so like oh you have to finish at 11 i think a lot of them finish 11 or 12 unless they're on like a private property yeah so is that specific to sydney or is it all over australia i don't know i'm not sure it might be just a sydney thing but i did feel like please comment below yeah comment below let me know if it's the same Mm -hmm. in like the other cities and stuff i just felt like overall the trend was people don't really seem to go out late they still drink and stuff and like we'll party during the like evening but like they shut it down quite early interesting people go to bed early and they get up fucking early to the gym (laughs) like a lot of people get up early i feel like at least maybe that's just the bond you know because you weren't up at 5 a.m well i wasn't but i heard like other people that got up they'd be like you'd get up at like i I got up some some days early yeah right okay like my friend met her partner at like a 4 40 a.m run club well i don't even understand like 4 40 is just because you'd have to get up at like four yeah for that to happen yeah like what time do they sleep? But it's a thing. One of my uh, one of the, one of the individuals who I know from London, they were one there. of the individuals. One of the individuals. <laughs> you know that sounded really weird. One of my one of my friends from London was also there, and they live in Perth. Right. And they were saying it's like the same. Like the busiest gym class there is like at five in the morning. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like I feel like it's a nationwide thing. But guys okay. in Australia, okay. comment. What other what other what other weird things did oh, you notice? This was a cool. Actually, this is one thing where I'm like, I think Australia has it right, but I don't know if it's like a, a um. If it's an infringement on rights, Uh-oh. because I, I mentioned it to my parents when I got back and okay. they were like, well, and I'll tell you what it <laughs> okay, is. Okay. What is it? What is so it? So in Australia, did you know that it is mandatory for everybody to vote? Oh, I did not know this. <laughs> and it, well, it's mandatory to a sense that if you don't vote, you get fined. How much is the fine? It's not a lot. I think it's like $50. That's very interesting. But it's enough of an incentive that when they do like referendums and votes, they get like a well over 90% turnout. Right. Because I don't want to pay $50. Exactly. Nobody really does. Like even if you have the money, you're kind of like, oh, it's annoying. Like I'll just vote, you know? So it's a really like their latest referendum. I think the turnout was like 97%. That is the very station. interesting. So I mentioned to my parents, I was like, this is something that like Canada, because Canada historically, like at least lately, it's been pretty low turnout. Yeah. Nobody cares here. No. And <laughs> I, I even I even looked up one of the biggest referendums um, in the UK, which was the Brexit vote. Right. Guess what? I, I saw this stat. I can't remember the exact number, but roughly guess how many, what percentage of the population on the, one of the biggest referendums right. we could say like globally. For Brexit. For Brexit. Yeah. Guess what the turnout was. Hmm. It was pretty good. It was better than what I thought it would be. But it was nowhere near 97%. Like, I almost want to say, like, less than 50? No, it was more than 50. Oh, okay. 65. It was 75. 75. So, That's actually better than so, I would imagine. I think it was around 75 or... Se- it was around that kind of mark, which is it's still pretty, pretty good. high. But that's still 25%. Right. That's a quarter, one in four people didn't vote. Right. When you think of it like that, you're like, mm. oh, like, whereas with this referent, like, with, with the, Aust- the way Australia does it is, like basically everybody votes so you actually get more accurate representation of right like what people want and with brexit maybe if the other 25 percent had voted we might have a different result right because it was so close it was 49 to 51 yeah you know and maybe that would have turned turned the tides because we're talking 25 percent of a 60 million population that's a lot of people that is a lot of people so then do you think that 
the mandatory vote is a good thing? Yes, I personally oh, think it is. Okay. I think you know it is part of a democracy. We are in a democracy, and I've told this to my parents. I said this is a great way to encourage people because I think there's a lot of people, generally more like on the youth side or yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Younger people don't vote exactly. That are kind of like, well, my vote doesn't count. It doesn't make a difference. I don't care. Blah 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 blah. Now, granted, if they're forced to vote, they might still not care. But there's going to be a percentage of people within that forced demographic <laughs> right. that are going to be like, well, actually, okay, I have to vote. Let me do a little bit more research. Let me look right. into this more. And it just gets people more engaged. Interesting. I feel like. Interesting. Um, but my parents. So do you think that, I mean, I don't know if you know this, you spent mm-hmm. a week there, but was it a week? 10 days? Uh, like it's, it was like, yeah. About much, a week Yeah, a week. So do you think that people there are a little bit more aware of the politics or do you think, because my concern would be, I'm kind of torn on this one. I'm actually not sure how I feel, yeah. which is, you know, that's a first. Usually I have opinions about everything. God damn, Rose, without um, <laughs> an opinion? You feeling okay? So, you, you got a fever, Rose? You feeling okay? I'm like, okay, so this is my kind of concern is, okay. sure, like you're saying, you know, it might force people to do more research, but are they really going to, <clears throat> or are they just going to pick whatever? Yeah. And like, are they really making informed decisions if they're right. just being forced to vote just because they don't want to pay like a $50 fee? Right. But how many people do you think vote right now, Rose, that don't even have well, make I do feel decisions? like. I mean, you're right. I don't think necessarily the people that are voting know everything. Mm -hmm. But I think if you are making the active decision to vote, there's a higher chance that you know at least a little bit something about what you stand for. True, because you're actively like looking into it. But like otherwise, like I don't know what the voting turnout in Canada is. Mm -hmm. But like I know for a fact that people that vote know at least a little more than maybe the average person that doesn't care at all. But I don't know. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. I I do think I I do see what you're saying, though. Like (laughs) I do see I do think it's important for people to vote but i think the other side is that some people just feel like and i kind of agree that there is no right vote i don't like any of it basically like if i was in the u.s i probably would choose not to vote yeah yeah, yeah. because i hate everybody (laughs) like i hate the democratic party i hate the republican party i mean i probably would vote democratic just because i feel like you have to pick lesser of two evils but some people you have to pick a side rose they would say but it's like it's so it doesn't I feel like it's a lie that we live in this democracy. You mm. know, I'm like, God, we're going to get into something. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> God damn. Democracy like, is, is it, a lie. I mean, if your choice is one old guy that has all kinds of stupid interests that mm. I don't like one old guy that wants to do war and the other old guy that wants to do war, but in a slightly different way, it's like, yeah. these are not choices. And then the other choices, like they're not going to get become president. So yeah. it's kind of like, do we even have a choice? This is true. You know? Picking so the lesser I, of two evils. Yeah. And I feel like I can understand. Like, I think for a long time I was like, mm-hmm. we should all vote. I mean, I still believe we should vote. Yeah. But I do think it, I understand people's like frustration yeah. with this whole system. But by not voting even still, because the thing is you mentioned like there's going to be parties that maybe don't get elected and stuff. Right. Mm. But like by not voting, like, <laughs> You're the results still there's going to be some result either way you know what I mean right so like even if you're like I don't want to pick the you know I don't want to pick but maybe maybe that's the case maybe more people start voting for some of the like you know smaller parties you know what I mean right and, like, and that could be a shift or whatever right like it just means I know you know you're just very you're more optimistic than I am it's not that I'm optimistic I just think yeah. it's like it's a, it's important and I just think I wouldn't think it was such an issue if like we didn't have, and I don't know what the stats are, what it is in Canada, UK, US, like, but like the voting ter- and the US, like what the voting turnout is. Cause I don't think it's very high. It's not very high. Like the referendum for low. Brexit was like 75%, right. but that was like a Record, huge thing. Right. And like, like I could probably pull it up. Let's see right now. <laughs> Let's see right now. Okay. It's over 50. 
but it has become lower, I think, in the recent years, it seems. So at this point, from what we can see, it's 62.6% in Canada in 2021. So it is over 50 of eligible voters. Um, that actually surprised me. It's higher than I thought, but still yeah. 62% guys. When you think of that, that means like there's a huge amount right. of the population that's not voting. Right. I think also there should be votes on like, for example, like the way that we had Brexit, they had Brexit vote. Yeah. There should be more votes like that in terms of policies. Yeah. Because again, it's like, I don't really give a shit because especially in the States, I feel like a lot of the election process is very much like who is more charismatic, mm. who put on, puts on a better show, yeah. like who debates better, you know? And like, they all lie. All these politicians are just a bunch of liars. Mm. You know, they're not going to always tell you the truth. They're going to just say things that make them look good. Yeah. So can you, can you imagine mm-hmm. if they did a referendum on gun law? legislation (laughs) (laughs) this is what i mean it's like no matter who you vote for the gun shit's never going to disappear in the states you're you're probably not going to get free health care or public health care so it's kind of like i understand people's frustration Mm. it's like no matter who you vote for what's it going to change exactly like people voted for obama and he said he was gonna do all this crazy shit like didn't he bring in like obamacare though like he brought in a little bit he did something so he tried to i think think, i feel like he worked with some of the stuff that he had but i think his campaign and i i I don't think that it's a bad thing that he won obviously was a good thing yeah but i think he he promised a lot more than he could deliver yeah but that's all politicians i feel like and this is i hate it all this is another argument that i always have and we've talked about this many times on the podcast but like what really bothers me is i feel like i understand that when you're running to be elected there's certain things that you cannot say with concrete uh certainty right so for example in terms of like budgets in terms of like Mm. all this stuff right but i feel like there should be a allowed variance from Mm. what your promises are so what i mean by that is like for example if you say you're going to commit, you know, 50 billion or like, yeah, 50 million in healthcare, let's say, whatever, whatever the number would be. You got that number from somewhere, right? You didn't just (laughs) pull it out. I'm hoping they're not just pulling it out of thin (laughs) air. They pull shit out of their ass all the time. This is true. So they're saying they're going to commit 50 million of the budget. So they must have seen roughly the budget numbers, right? (laughs) So so my my argument is, okay, they say they're going to commit 50 million. That is what people base their votes on, right? Because they're like, I love this policy. I want more in healthcare, blah, 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 blah. That's why I voted for this person. But then then it turns around and they say, ooh, actually, we can only put... 5 million Mm. into healthcare, not 50. Like I'd originally said, it's 10% of what I said I could even put in there at that point. We should be able to decide as a society to say, Hey, well, well, hang on a second. I voted for you based on this. And if you know, obviously there's some gray area, like maybe if they put in like 45 million instead of 50, (laughs) it's not such a big deal. But when it's that huge, like discrepancy, like the whole Brexit vote was based on this, like 150 million a week that we're going to reinvest into the NHS, which apparently the NHS is fucked up now. Exactly. And they have, they (laughs) they still don't have that funding. And after they got voted and they got voted for, they said, Oh, actually we have no, no evidence to substantiate that number. Mm. And it's kind of like, we can't, we can't support that number basically. And I'm like, well, hang on a second. They just lied. Then exactly. Then that, that whole vote should be thrown out because it was based right. on those facts and figures within reason. That's why I think there has to be like parameters. Like, you yeah. know, there's certain things where they might say they really want to do a certain policy or X, Y, Z, but then there has to be, maybe there's reasons why they can't, but they need to be very transparent on this stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's where I have an issue with politicians. It's like, if you say you're going to commit this or X, Y, Z to this and you don't do it. Yeah. There should, should be, be repercussions. There should be repercussions. hundred right. percent. Like if I lie on my job resume and my work finds out, I'm going to get fired. Yeah. Like, it should be the same. They should be held accountable. <clears throat> they shouldn't just be able to be, like, lying through their teeth about everything. I know, but they do, Daniel. I know. They, they control everything. What are we going to do? I don't know, Roses. 
<sighs> Anyways, anything oh. else weird about Australia? No, no, it wasn't that. It, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. So I <laughs> that like, is quite interesting. I like the voting thing. I think that's really cool. Um, I was talking to my Uber driver on the way to the airport this, um, and he was we were we were having a little, little friendly debate on it. Oh, interesting. And he mentioned, and I thought it was kind of interesting what he said. He was a, quite a funny character, and he goes, "Well, dude, that was the accent, Daniel." No, yeah. <laughs> um, he says to me, "Like, um, no, he was like, what did he say, Daniel? What did he see, say? He said, um, he said." <laughs> What did he say? He was like, oh, he was like, oh yeah, he agrees with the policy of of mandating the votes. Yeah. However, he was like, he he feels like it should be optional between the ages of like eighteen to twenty five. Okay. Be- because he said a lot, and again, some young people might disagree, but he said a lot of eighteen to twenty five year olds. He's like, think about it. You're in university. You're partying. You don't necessarily always give a fuck about politics. Right. That's why it should be optional for them. So they can choose to go to the station if they want. But then after the twenty five hits, it's like now it's mandatory for everybody. I don't think that makes any sense. If you're going to make it mandatory, you should make it mandatory for. Well, well, how come? But though he, I mean, it, it made a little bit of sense when he was saying like 18 to 25, because most people generally don't really start really learning or caring that much about politics until they get a little bit older. Well, I think you're that. I think most people don't care. Period. Yeah, <laughs> so, but I'm saying, but like, think about it. Like, right. 25, maybe now you have a family or you're getting married. Right. You're starting to like actually do things that are, you know. Whereas when you're a lot younger, mm. you don't so much. And he, he, and it's not saying that those people can't vote. They still can. Right. Well, but then you, w- the problem is also young people generally don't vote. So wouldn't that make more sense to make it mandatory for them to vote? Well, I think that that demographic has. Sh- you're right. It is right. primarily young people, but I think it's also people under a certain generation and we're part of that now right like we were the young people but now we're still the young people but like you you mean like just as we get older voting turnout is going to get lower and lower yes and we've seen it it's 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 proven in the stats well and i think part of it is the fact that we're all just very um disappointed with our governments period god damn it's be turning into the (laughs) political podcast well speaking of politics oh god damn we gotta cover the the shit show that is this world. What is the shit show of the world today? Russell? Wait, oh God. well, you've been away. I have. I've been. I've been in my uh, little Australian. You've been bubble in your Australian bubble with a hot the surfer. World, no. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm kidding. Whilst the world is burning down. Oh God! Damn. Oh my God! It's actually so like I couldn't. I honestly, this whole. I've seen a lot of like posts, but I just have been very disengaged. Like I know this sounds bad, but I've been disengaged with the whole thing. Right. It's like a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna talk. We have to talk. The thing is, I kind of wanted to avoid it, but I feel like we need to talk about it. Okay. Israel and Palestine. We have to discuss it because I've been like very like last week I was like in a dark place because there's so much. It's just so sad. Everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. And I literally like we are witnessing genocide literally happening right now. Yeah. In Gaza. So I'm going to kind of go through. I mean, you guys, I'm sure if you follow any news at all, you know, kind of at least, you know, something's what's going on. I mean, you might not know everything. Um, but I'm going to try to, I mean, and you can obviously look at different sources. This is not your news source. Okay. Mm-hmm, I'm just yeah. kind of, kind of talking about the basic stuff, mm-hmm. general things. So on October 7th, my birthday, <laughs> this is when it all kicked off this current situation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. The current situation the cr- for an ongoing yes, 75 on, year exactly, situation. Occupation. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. So essentially October 7th, Hamas, which is basically, uh, the government of the Gaza Strip, so Gaza is a part of what is called Occupy Palestinian Territories, mm. the OPT, and Gaza is a part of it. Okay. So Gaza and West Bank, uh, we, guys, we actually did a video like doing this, like discussing 
this kind of topic in a little bit more detail. Mm -hmm. I think we did it like two years ago. And it's the same shit. I know. Over again. It's the same shit over and over again. But this time it's like so much worse. I'll link link our previous discussion in the show notes. So essentially... So Gaza is basically one part of uh, the occupied Palestinian territories. West Bank is a separate part and then East Jerusalem. So those mm-hmm. are supposed to be o- Palestinian territories. So Gaza, people refer to as an open air prison. Some people call it a concentration camp because a prison requires, you know, prisoners. Like yeah. as in you did something wrong. But really, most of the people in Gaza are just innocent civilians, half yeah. of which are children. So basically Hamas is the ele- it is a- an elected party technically mm. but they were elected in like 2006 or something and there was no election since then okay so which is like 17 years ago which is crazy which is crazy mm-hmm. so essentially like i would argue that this isn't really a democratically elected you know government mm-hmm. um anyway we're we're gonna get to that so so hamas did this like very vicious attack they somehow got through this extreme israeli surveillance system the iron dome which if you don't know is basically this like extreme security system funded by the u.s Mm -hmm. um which basically like stops i don't even know how they do this but they like stop rockets coming from gaza and it somehow just like just like blocks it like i don't know how it works i think it's like maybe it's like a technology that like shoots the rockets back i have no idea how it works but it's called an iron dome and they built it like I don't know however many years ago. Mm-hmm. So this has stopped like so many rockets coming from Gaza. So essentially, like Israel has been relatively safe thanks to this like Iron Dome. Yeah. And also they have like a very very intense security system that it's very difficult for anyone to like infiltrate it. Mm. So it is a little bit questionable. There are people questioning, and I myself included, how this even happened in the first place because Hamas has never been able to do such a huge attack. Um, because they have like very little in terms of resources, resources. They don't have, you know, even half, they, they don't even have like a fraction of the military power mm. that this really government does. So there's been a lot Didn't of, Didn't they say that there was like funding or some support from like some of the middle Eastern countries to Palestine and that's why Potent- they were able to. Oh yeah. To? That's, I think that's one of the things that people are saying. Yeah. Um, people are saying that like whatever funding, cause like Gaza gets some like, I don't know, humanitarian aid and stuff like that. Yeah. So what, what, what people are saying, I don't know how much truth there is to this, but mm-hmm. like they're saying that, yeah, because they're getting this humanitarian aid or whatever funding, uh, Hamas is taking over that funding and like, you know, using that as like to build mm-hmm. weapons and, you know, doing whatever, all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. So essentially they did this like attack, uh, somehow infiltrated, somehow got through this fucking Iron Dome and they attacked this music festival or they, you know, they attacked a bunch of people at this music festival and also kidnapped a bunch of people. So I think the numbers are something like 1,400 people were killed, like Israeli citizens were, were killed. Yeah. Um, and then they, I think, kidnapped like 200 people. So right now they still have hostages. Yeah. Okay. So that's the situation. October 7th, that's when it happened. My fucking birthday. Mm. Happy birthday to me. Fucking World War Three starting. Yeah. Fantastic. So then Israel's reaction was as follows they were like we're gonna order a complete siege on gaza which is essentially already like it's already blocked off essentially so it's blocked off by sea on one side and then israel on the borders of israel and then it's blocked off by egypt so egypt has one of the borders but that's also blocked and i think that's because i truly feel like i think because israel and u.s have so much power and control Mm -hmm. over that area the the arab nations that are surrounding it are just afraid to do anything right right, right. to like piss off the israelis or piss off the u.s yeah 
So anyway, I'm not sure exactly what the politics are of that area, but I'm pretty sure it's because of like the power, you know, mm. that the U.S. has. So, uh, so after that horrific ac- uh, incident, horrific incident by Hamas, mm-hmm. um, which is a war crime, which is like because they are punishing innocent people, mm. killing innocent civilians, which should never happen. Um, so innocent people died, unfortunately, like 1,400 people, which is like insane. Um, and then they kidnapped a bunch of people. So then Israel government was like, well, now we're going to order a complete, complete siege. We're going to cut off the food, water, electricity, fuel in Gaza Strip. Yeah. So... If you don't know, like basically Israel controls a lot of the things. Whatever comes in and out of Gaza is heavily controlled by the Israeli government. Yeah. So they basically control the food that goes in, the water, you know, the water supply. They say that 96% of the water in Gaza is basically not fit for human consumption already. So it's already they have this like food shortage crisis and water shortage crisis and just like huge unemployment rate. People cannot leave. Okay. Mm. Like this is literally like. A concentration camp situation yeah, yeah right the the prospects are low they don't like like so many people don't have jobs like there's just like very little hope in this situation for sure and now they are like okay we're going to cut off all of these you know essential supplies now remember that all of gaza is not hamas right mm. hamas is you know maybe the government of gaza which some people are saying that that is justification enough to like what do all this insane things to the palestinians mm. but it's really like it's not all Hamas. So there are literally like half of them are children. Two million people in Gaza, half of them are children. And they've said they're going to do all of this crazy stuff, like cut off essential living supplies. So then obviously when that announcement was made by the Israeli government, a lot of people, including myself, were very like, you know, like this is a war crime. And it is a war crime. Like UN has said it. Human rights organizations have said it. Yeah. It is a war crime to do collective punishment. Like Again, what Hamas did is also a war crime, but you can't respond with another war crime. Yeah. So now we're doing war crimes all over the fucking place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so not only did they cut off all of this food, water, and all this stuff, but then they started bombing like insane amounts t- into Gaza. So at this point, the death toll, is the, the last, the latest report I saw, let me, let me pull it up. God damn. Oh, it's so bad, Daniel. Because um, like all I've been seeing on social media is like this stuff and it's yeah. just been like, so depressing making your feed really dark roses it's really dark but i also feel like it's important to know this no for sure so anyways the latest reports over five thousand palestinians in gaza and i know that's over a thousand children mm-hmm. have been killed like since this situation has started since it started yeah, yeah. five thousand okay and over a thousand children okay so Today is October 23rd. That number for the Palestinians for sure is going to go up. Mm-hmm. I think like, I don't know how many more w- there will be on the Israeli side. I think the initial thing happened. And then because again, Israeli, go- Israeli military is so powerful. Yeah. I don't think the Hamas people went, could, could have done too much more. I don't know exactly though. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like, a, there was a graph that I saw on social yes. media where it shows like over the, over these over many the decades. Years, yeah. And it showed like the death toll and casualty and mm-hmm. casualties, injuries, all that kind of stuff. And it's definitely yeah heavily leaned towards one exactly side. exactly yeah. so and of course like all of these deaths are awful and like and none of them should have happened yeah but it's like it is very clear who holds the military power which is mm-hmm. a fact right like yeah. U- U.S funds Israel like billions of dollars every year in mm-hmm. aid and uh Israeli military even though it's such a small country has one of the it's one of the most powerful militaries in the world yeah so. And Hamas is literally just like they're building rockets out of like random shit that they can find on in the Gaza. Street, yeah. Um, not that it justifies any of this, but 
So anyway, I think the thing is I posted this reel on my Instagram and on my TikTok that pissed off a lot of people. Yeah. And I was speaking a lot there, you know, maybe I, I should have worded things a little bit differently, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was like very emotionally charged because mm. this whole thing is just, you know, it, it's always the same. I feel like it's the same thing every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, with and it's been going on for like seventy five so years, so long, and that's why I'm like, is there any way that we can figure out collectively I, exactly a solution? Because, because it's the thing, like ridiculous. Yeah. The thing is, if we keep doing this back and forth violence situation, it's never going to get fixed. Exactly. And Israel likes to say it's because they don't want to negotiate. Now, I don't believe that at all. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yes, maybe Hamas. Okay, so I mean, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. So essentially, um, first of all, I said in my reel, which I still stand by, that we need to understand like the full context, like we yeah. like we're discussing here. Like it's not just because like the way that the media, the Western media, will portray it is a it's just like a war between two countries. Yeah, and B Hamas. Anytime it's like an attack by Hamas, it gets a lot more media attention yeah, it's than considered when terrorists, right? exactly yeah. than when is Israeli government kills Palestinian civilians, which they do consistently mm. over the last few years. Like you said, the death tolls are they they speak, they speak for, for themselves. themselves. Exactly. Yeah. If you look at the death tolls, like look up like Palestinian death toll versus Israeli over the decades, and you can see this is like a huge graph for the Palestinians. It's like red, mm-hmm. and then you can see like small little graphs on the other side for the Israelis. Yeah. So it's, I don't see it as Israel defending themselves. Mm -hmm. I see it as Israel is, I mean, this is fact. Israel is an occupying power. They have the power. They occupy Palestinians, which is why it's called occupied Palestinian territory. Because even in the OPT, which is supposed to be Palestinian land, it's mostly all controlled by Israel, right? Like it's mostly controlled by Israel. And they say that. So like West Bank, which is separate from Gaza, which is, again, an occupied Palestinian territory. There's three main areas, right? Area A, B, and C. Area A is supposed to be under is under Palestinian authority. Area B is a mixture of Palestinian and Israeli. Area C, which is about 60% of West Bank, is full Israeli control. Yeah. So they occupy this territory. And they say that, I've heard that even the Palestinian authority in this region, they're not really on the Palestinian side. <clears throat> they're kind of like in bed with Israeli right, soldiers. Right, okay. So they're kind of like, you know, there's people like this in all kind of circumstances sure. in these situations. So they're not, anyway, like basically no one is looking off at the Palestinians um, in the West Bank or in Gaza. And, oh my God, I feel like there's so much to go through. So basically, um, yeah, so it is an occupation and an occupying force against like people that are being occupied and people that have very little power. So we have a huge military power against people that have very little, you know, so it's not like a war, you know what I mean? So anyways, where was I? So, okay. So what I want to discuss essentially is that, you know, the reason why I think that context is important is because of that, right? It's like, why did this even begin in the first place? We need to understand why they keep fighting, why they keep, you know, not being able to get along. Why is, why are they bombing each other? Why? It's because one side is being occupied and they're trying to fight for freedom. Now, I will not say that killing innocent civilians is a way to, you know, to get to that at all. Um, because now look what's, look what's going on, right? Um, but then, but I will also say that there has been peaceful protests. There has been, like, even in Gaza, there was this thing called the Great March of Return, which, mm-hmm. of course, like, didn't get much, like, nobody knows about it in the West, I'm sure, where basically Palestinians in Gaza 
peacefully protested. I think it went on for weeks where they like went up to the border. Let me let me find it. It was in 2018 to 2019. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, there were a series of demonstrations held each Friday in the Gaza Strip near the Gaza Israel border from March 30th, 2018 until December 27th, 2019. So like innocent. It was like a peaceful protest. They were just going there to peacefully protest. And during this time, there were a total of 223 Palestinians killed by Israeli forces. So they have tried to do this in like, you know, a peaceful way Mm -hmm. and and they still get killed. So it's kind of like I feel for these people because Mm -hmm. it's like what what they are trapped. Yeah. Can you imagine being trapped in like a tiny little strip of land? Like it's it's just unthinkable. Mm hmm. And then, so one thing that some people were saying uh, is like, oh, the reason why the conditions in in Gaza are so bad is because of Hamas. Yeah. Because Hamas takes over control of all of these things, which I I, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. First of all, why is there even a blockade in the first place? Like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, talk about this. Now, let's assume that that is the case, though. Like, yeah. let's say that Hamas does control everything and Israel gives them so much opportunity rolling my eyes here <laughs> but somehow Hamas just takes it all away and like yeah. blah 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 yeah. so let's assume that but then how do you explain West Bank West Bank has no Hamas authority like yeah. Hamas is not is not governing the West Bank yeah it has very little to do with the West Bank there might be some Hamas entities in the West Bank but it's Hamas is mostly Gaza yeah. but in the West Bank alone uh, people are killed first of all a lot of people are killed mm-hmm. Palestinians over the years many many people have been killed by Israeli authorities mm-hmm. um, and Continuously, like we've discussed in previous episode, basically, uh, there are illegal settlers, Israeli settlers living in um, Palestine, mm-hmm. in occupied Palestine. So they're building these is- Israeli homes on Palestinian land, which is illegal by international law. Mm-hmm. And they continue to build these homes to this day. They're continuing to basically, um, you know, essentially like kick out Palestinians and build Israeli homes, yeah. take more Palestinian land, build more. Is and we're not just talking about little homes here. We're talking about full on like communities, full yeah. on buildings, full on like hospitals and just full on infrastructure yeah. and illegally building these homes in Palestine. So this is a continuing occupation. So Palestinians are continuously being like getting their land taken, 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 pushed taken, out, taken. Basically. pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. So and in the West Bank. So one thing that is really, really fucked up. So the reason why like Israel is considered an apartheid state. And again, this is not my opinion. This is like a fact. UN Human Rights Watch, uh, uh, Amnesty International and even like Israel has like a human rights organization. They yeah. all call Israel an apartheid. And this is based on like many, many, you know, years of research and actually going in and looking at the facts. This is a, you know, like they don't have, but the thing is we can't listen to either Israelis or like Palestinians because they both have their own like agenda. Right. Yeah. But if you look at third parties, human rights organizations, they all call this an apartheid. Exactly. And they would be the, the you know, when you're having any any kind of conflict, it's good to have that third party opinion. Exactly. Right? So if a third party is coming in and being like, mm, if many third parties are exactly, coming in, not just one, it's including like, many scholars as well. Exactly. So 
the reason, and the thing is I was there, like I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I've seen it firsthand. I went to the West bank and it's a very different world. Like Tel Aviv is this like really beautiful city. And Mm. you know, uh, you know, and Tel Aviv is technically in like Israel, Israel. Um, and it's beautiful and and there's nice beaches and food is delicious and everything's fine. And then you go to the West bank, which is not that far. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a different world, right? It's like, there's roads that Palestinians can't drive on. There's checkpoints. There's so many checkpoints where Palestinians have to wait for hours just to get through the checkpoints mm. and like you know they get searched and all this kind of crazy shit happens so just very dehumanizing stuff yeah and the biggest thing to me which i think is insane is water so i may have mentioned it before in our like the episode we did like a year ago yeah um basically i noticed like when i was in west bank that like on the palestinian uh buildings there were these big black uh like tanks big black containers yeah and I, I learned that they were just water, like Collection. storage containers. Yeah. For like rain, right? I don't know exactly. I don't know if they like have to buy. I, I know they have to buy. Wa- anyway, I don't know exactly where it comes from. But basically, Palestinians are forced to like store water because Israel, the government, controls like basically all the water supply. Mm-hmm. And they just shut off the water for the Palestinians. So I actually read a stat that was like insane. Basically, 36% of Palestinians in the West Bank don't have access to running water. No, have access to running water all the time. So that means 60 something percent don't have access to running water consistently. Yeah. Whereas a hundred percent of Israelis, even those living in those illegal settlements have access to running water 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, in my opinion, that's all the evidence I need that it's an apartheid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause you're basically literally being like you're Palestinian. So I'm just going to shut off the water. Yeah. And you don't have access to water, even though it's, this is your land. Yeah. So anyways, so again, so for the, for those people that are saying, oh, Hamas is the reason why Gaza is in such a bad place. Well, mm-hmm. how do you explain West Bank? Yeah. And, oh my okay. gosh. Damn roses. So this whole thing is just, um, yeah. So first of all, so people that are saying that, you know, Hamas, so Hamas was elected as a government in 2006. Um, I believe that there were, there wasn't really many options yeah. like, like we discussed. Like we discussed earlier. Like we, exactly. Lesser of a so, few evils. Exactly. So people felt like, I think. Well, and I, also in those situations, no, sorry, sorry to cut Right. No, no, no. Continue. But in those situations, I would imagine if I was in that situation, I yes. might pick a more extreme party right. because I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling like. You like, have no other I option. have no other options. What are we going to do? There's nothing else. Like, yeah, exactly. You, we might as well try something that may see if it works. Exactly. And at that point, I don't even know if people knew, you know, exactly the level of brutality that Hamas would yeah. do or like, you know, you know what I mean? Because they're just electing whoever they think, you know, right. like we said, like politicians will say whatever, mm. you know, people will elect whatever. And I heard from this guy, actually, if you guys want to learn more about this stuff, there's a guy named Norman, Norman Finkelstein. Mm. And he's like this like Jewish uh, man that has been like fighting for like Palestinian rights for the last like however many decades and he said something like um basically you know they only had like two choices or something and it was like either Hamas or a uh, Palestinian something authority where like the one side is corrupt like we discussed like might not have Palestinian interests at heart right, right, right. and people felt like Hamas was the only group that the had the interests of the Palestinians yeah. which is basically freedom right essentially like yeah. it's not that like people try to make it seem like Palestinians just want to kill all the Israelis or all the Jews mm-hmm. which is just not true yeah. like yes maybe there might be some people yeah. that are extreme that want to do that which is you know which is obviously not good but I think a lot of people just want freedom yeah 
Um, and to not have blockades, to not have exactly. the government controlling when they're running water is to have like, like good quality water yeah. when you live in a country with plenty of water sources. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, so that's, that's the election of Hamas, whatever they were elected in 2006. Mm. And then people, some people were just insane. They were saying like, well, they chose Hamas. They wanted this. I'm like, well, first of all, the election was 17 years ago. So, um, you know, very, very far from a democratic situation. Well, lots changed in 17 years. Guys. Exactly. <laughs> Second of all, um, half the half the population are children so mm-hmm. did they choose this yeah and i remember somebody like sent me a dm dm and i was saying that i literally said half the population is kids and they were like well their parents chose for them are you fucking insane oh my god are you like fucking insane people I was are so crazy because like think about think about the shit that sometimes our parents do exactly and it's like we wouldn't have chosen that and even if they all chose hamas they don't they still don't deserve like death like they yeah. don't deserve to be killed right like because we we pick our governments does that mean that we should all be like our governments have done hor- horrible things? Yeah. Canadian government included, American government, so many war crimes. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we should wipe out all the people that voted for like fucking George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, like that argument just makes no sense. It's like, it's so dehumanizing to the mm-hmm. Palestinians that live there. It's like they don't even see them as humans. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's so infuriating. Infuri- I can never say infuriating. that. Infuriating. Yes. I don't know why I can never say that word. There's another word you can't really say properly <sighs> either. It? I can't remember, but there's, <laughs> there's, a, think there's, a, there's like a few words I can't yeah. say. So anyways, um, essentially like, yeah. So Israel government will deny all wrongdoing and they'll say, we're not targeting civilians. We are just trying to take out Hamas. We're responding to a terrorist attack. Exactly. Which just really is so intellectually dishonest. Mm-hmm. And I'm, again, not saying that what Hamas did is justified. But I think if we continue, like, what is the... So if we can if we can say what Hamas did is not justified and killing innocent civilians is wrong, I don't know why people on that side can't say what this government is doing mm-hmm. is not also, justified. Exactly. Yeah. And they're doing it in now extreme numbers. And what I don't understand is like... So they took like, essentially they're trying to like release these hostages, right? That's wh- what they're claiming. Yeah. They took like 200, I think 200 Israeli hostages or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. They would probably be in Gaza. Would they not? Mm-hmm. They, there's nowhere else they could be. Well, I don't know. They, they can't be anywhere else. Like they're, they're trapped. Like yeah. they would have taken them to Gaza. Like where else could they be? Because otherwise it's like Egypt is blocked. Otherwise it's Israel. And if they're mm-hmm. in Israel, they would have been caught already. Yeah. 100%. Like there's no way. So the Israeli hostages are probably in gaza where they're where where they're bombing the living shit out of so there's some reports i don't know if it's true Mm. that like some of the israeli civilian uh israeli hostages have also died so i don't actually believe that the israeli government like netanyahu cares that much about the hostages yeah there's actually been reports saying that he knew that this was going to happen like the attack on october 7th was going to happen like a few days before it actually happened like he was given a report and he's also been saying in the past that hamas is actually they need to like I can't remember the quote. There's actually, you need to search this up. But basically, mm-hmm. he said in like 2019 or something that Hamas is the best, um, you know, uh, like best, uh, whatever, like government that we can have for Gaza. Mm-hmm. And we need to prop up Hamas. He had said that. He had said this. Yeah. Because I believe that they, they don't want a Palestinian uh, government that's like logical, that wants to be peaceful. Right. Because then they will look like, the crazy ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they need like a terrorist organization. Extreme. They need a militant group yeah. to do something insane like killing a bunch of Israelis, mm-hmm. which is fucked up. 
They need that to happen because then they can be like, well, you killed us. Now we're going to go gonna and kill 10 times the amount of people. Yeah. And that's justified. So I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. I think that they are using this as an opportunity. That sounds so fucking crazy to say. Yeah. But this is not the first time that governments and politicians have kind of basically lied to yeah. get into war. Like war is profitable. Mm-hmm. War has uh, a lot. There's a lot of political reasons for war, which is fucked up. Well, and, and there was that, that whole argument around the invasion um, from the U.S. back in, you know, when they had the... Oh, you mean Iraq? Yeah, when they exactly. invaded Iraq. There was, After 9-11. Exactly. They were saying, well, actually, there's... And again, a lot of it's like conspiracy theories. We don't know for sure. But like, there's some sentiment around, you know... The, and the you US, mean it was like an inside job? That Well, not, not that that was an inside job, but the right. conspiracy or the... Not the conspiracy. It's not even a conspiracy. The reason point. they're thinking that par- partially the U.S. got involved in that whole Iraq situation was because actually it, it, it positively influenced the oil and gas industry. Absolutely, Daniel. So like, I don't even think it's a question. Yeah. Because like after 9-11, yeah, 9-11 is a great example because mm-hmm. I think this is kind of like, not, like obviously it's a very different situation, yeah. but I think it's like a similar thing to 9-11 in that, so 9-11, obviously a horrible thing happened. Terrorists took over, fucking killed so many people, mm-hmm. which is awful, right? And then all of a sudden, George Bush is like, well, now we're going to go and attack, what is it, Iraq? Yeah. Which later on was like, uh, this has nothing to do. Like, they, they were not the ones responsible. And even if it was the, like, Iraqi government that did it, like, because, um, like, Saddam, or what, 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 no, what's his name? Osama um, bin Laden. Yeah. Where was he even from? I can't remember. Like, he's I should probably from, I should probably know this. But. I can't remember these details. But yeah. essentially, basically, what they, what the U.S. government did was mm-hmm. they took this horrible tragedy, this terrorist attack, and they were like, well, let's go and kill, like, I think they killed, like, I don't know, like, so many people, like millions of civilians or something like this. It's something insane, yeah. guys. Don't don't quote me on this number. But they killed so many people over mm-hmm. so many years. And it was all a lie. They said that they had weapons of mass destruction. Turns out they didn't. Yeah. And like, so, th- so this is what I'm saying. This is not the first time mm-hmm. that U.S. government or any other governments have lied to get into war. They also said, like, I don't know the details of the Vietnam War, but mm-hmm. there was also some lies associated with that. Yeah. So it's not insane, guys. It's actually like probably more logical Mm. to assume that this was, especially if there's reports saying that they knew this was going to happen. And they didn't. Yeah. And especially if Netanyahu said said in the past that like we need to prop up Hamas. Yeah. Then you know what? If you don't like Hamas, we need to talk to Netanyahu about this. Yeah. You know? And so I think that. And also this attack, right? If you think about it, like they went into full offensive mode, full, like whatever, like full fucking dropping bombs everywhere. Yeah. Almost right away. And my thought is they have 200 innocent civilians. If you really wanted to save those civilians, you go into hostage negotiations. Thank you. You do not just bomb the living crap out of where your hostages potentially are. Exactly. If La Casa de Papel taught me anything. Oh God. You know, when the hostages are in the bank, guys, if you've seen that show, Money Heist or La Casa de Papel in Espanol. Yes. Um, <laughs> love it. Such a good show. Uh, such a good show. Well, the first couple of seasons, I think I got a little bit sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. I only the like the first two seasons. Yeah. The first two seasons are epic. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's, it's a really good show. But like, if you think about it and it, and it makes sense, right? Mm. They had a hostage situation and actually the whole Spanish military, I'm not going to give away too much, but yeah. they came to the bank and they were originally, and this was the whole plan and the whole purpose as to why the robbers had done this in the first place. They had actually strategically picked hostages as well. Right. Or who was going to be the, at the, 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 
whatever the mint at the, the time the bank or whatever yeah, it was the yeah. mint the, where they print the money oh okay, okay yeah and so they had to strategically because they knew that the spanish government valued the hostages and they weren't just going to exactly. go in there guns blazing at the risk of hurting any of the hostages they so right away they went into hostage negotiation thank you hostage hostage negotiation mm-hmm. is a thing so if your government cared about your hostages which mm-hmm. they should care about yeah. your hostages then the first reaction wouldn't be let's bomb the living crap out of everyone in Gaza. Yeah. But instead they have, Israel has, I think something like 6,000 Palestinian prisoners slash hostages, people would say, and they haven't gone through due process. They it's, it's very like sketchy. Mm. Okay. So they have thousands of Palestinian hostages that they could negotiate. Like we're talking thousands versus 200. They could easily negotiate, maybe not easily, but they could definitely negotiate a hostage release situation. Yeah. But they're not doing that. Almost immediately they went into this like offensive war. And now it's like, it's literally just wiping. I really do feel like they are just trying to wipe out Gaza and they're trying to just make more Israeli territory. Mm. I think so. And it, that sounds so fucking awful to say, but yeah. I truly feel like that's what's happening because it doesn't logically make sense. Again, mm-hmm. if the hostages are in Gaza, which most likely they are, like where mm-hmm. else could they possibly be? Yeah. They're in Gaza. Why bomb Gaza yeah. and potentially harm your hostages? And people love, this is the fucking, this argument this one fucking annoys the shit out of me. People say they've been saying this for the last however many decades as they've killed so many civilians in, in Gaza. Right. They say Hamas likes to use uh, innocent Palestinians, civilians as human shields. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they say is like they they hide under like civilian uh, houses. Like houses or like hospitals or like places like this. And I, again, first of all, that makes no sense to me that that means, okay, so because they hide under civilian houses, your first thought is let's just bomb the, civilian, bomb the house. civilian houses. And they'll say stuff like, well, we warn them in advance, you know? And so for example, like before they bomb a hospital, they'll be like, oh, we're going to bomb this hospital 24 hours, you know, in 24 hours. And it's like, well, some people can't leave. Yeah. Like some people are attached to ventilators. Some people like some people, they're sick. It's a hospital. Yeah. Like you can't just evacuate. You can't just tell people to like leave a hospital. Yeah. Well, and also it makes no sense if they're going to give a, give a notice. Like obviously if there was Hamas in that building, they're going to yeah. be gone. Exactly. That also like, exactly. So it's like, and then they just like basically, essentially, they think all of Gaza is like, they're just using Hamas as a human, sh- uh, uh, civilians as a human shield. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, guys. Like in any other situation, like imagine we're in a school or in our community, there's a school, there's 20 students in there and then like four terrorists go in and like infiltrate the school and they're like, okay, we're going to fucking do this terrorist act- activity. We're going to do whatever in this school. The first response should never be, Let's just bomb the school because mm-hmm. there's terrorists there. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. Hostage negotiation. Get the civilians out. You should do whatever you can. And yeah. it's really what kills me is the government in Israel continuously likes to say, oh, we do whatever we can to not kill innocent civilians. Buddy, you have killed 5,000 people in Gaza mm-hmm. in like the span of such a short period of time. It is insanity. It's so sad. And it's, you know, the thing that frust- that's frustrating is like, I feel like this discussion has been the same, same. ongoing discussion yeah. for 75 years. Literally, because I listened to our, like the one that we did like a couple years ago. Yeah. And this was like a different situation where basically it was like, I think, um, houses in East Jerusalem were Palest- being occupied. Yes. Yeah. So Palestinian houses in East Jerusalem, they were about to be, 
uh, quote, evicted. Essentially, they were trying to kick out these Palestinian yeah. homes to make room for Israeli occupants, yeah. which again, illegal by international law, but international law doesn't do anything when it's the U.S. Exactly, when the U.S. basically has all the power. Mm-hmm. So and essentially, they just get away with everything. But it's like, honestly, like, I think it's good that we have the UN, but it's, and, 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 you know, right. some of these organizing bodies. But the th- issue is, like, because there has been so many situations where, you know, the UN has been like this, we don't approve of this yes. course of action, or we don't want you guys to go and invade this country. Yeah. And like, especially if in the US situation, Ugh. or some of the larger countries are like, well, we don't care what you say, so we're going to do it anyway. Exactly. What and are you going to do about it? And did it? you know the UN, uh, the US has veto power? So essentially... So basically, basically, when this whole thing kicked off and mm-hmm. like uh, Israel is like bombing the living crap out of Gaza, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they did this like vote to like uh, to call a ceasefire. So be- being like, okay, we need to stop this madness. Yeah. So they did this vote with all these countries, and I think two countries like um, decided not to vote. I can't remember which countries they, they were. Mm-hmm. Everyone voted yes to ceasefire. Like we need to ceasefire. And then the U.S., because I guess they have veto power, mm-hmm. which I'm like, why do you even do a vote in the first place? Exactly. When, when, yeah. If Why don't you just ask U.S., do you want to do ceasefire or no? And of course they said no. Mm-hmm. So basically, this is why I'm like, fucking Biden, man. Like, he's no better than any other Republican because he's just fully supporting this thing because it's a political win for him to have Israel there as a political ally. And so none of these people, they act like they care about these innocent civilians. They do not care Mm -hmm. whether like a a few innocent people die. They think it's just, uh, what's the term like collateral damage or something. Yeah. So, so right now it's, it's still ongoing. It is, it's ramped up. Like there's no, like I think Hamas has released a few of the civilians. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but it's like, it's so fucking, I've seen like pictures and mm-hmm. videos of like dead babies, dead people. Like it is. And then like, I'm trying to live my normal life. Like, Oh, like, you know, I'm going for a workout. Like, Gotta edit a video. Gotta yeah. Like this. it just, and, and for like a few days, like, and it sounds so like fucked up. Like, it's so stupid to say this, but mm-hmm. like, for a few days I was like, Oh my God. Like it was like, it was like kind of de- like, I'm sure a lot of people were depressed over this. Like feeling depressed. Yes. And like, and like, and the thing is, what I think is insane is that what are the options? Like, what do they hope to achieve? Right? Like, yeah. I think they're they're trying to get Gaza again. Like, they're trying to just wipe out Gaza, and essentially, like, they're giving the option of the people. Like, they can either leave through. I don't even think they could leave. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to like evacuate a million people from northern Gaza to southern Gaza in like twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. So again, people are saying, oh. Well, they, they gave a warning, but it's like 24 hour warning to evacuate a million people that don't have proper food, electricity, water, mm-hmm. uh, and fuel. Well, think about you guys. You have to realize the magnitude of a yeah, million, million people. people, you guys like that is not, that's not possible. People have said that's not possible. Yeah. So they're giving like this impossible task yeah. saying we're going to, and also like, that's like a death threat, not but a, also, an evacuation where, order. Where are all the million people going to go? Exactly. Well, they're going to supposedly go to Southern Gaza. But where, where? Though? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's not exactly. like, it's like, for example, like imagine somewhere, let's say, let's say, let's say Edmonton got evacuated, right? Yeah. Edmonton has just over a million people. Yeah. Right. They're like, look, we're going to be bombing Edmonton. <laughs> you need to get down to Calgary. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. So we get a million people all of a sudden flood into Calgary. Yeah. Well, Calgary doesn't really have much real estate available for people yeah. to rent or move into. So yeah. like, and, and, and sure, I'm sure people would open their homes and be like, you know, spare rooms uh, can get all the, you know, kind not of that stuff many, like, but, uh-huh. ex- but this is what I mean. Yeah. My point is there is not a million. We don't have capacity for another million yeah. people in this city. And we're also talking, we're already talking about a, a city that is so densely populated. Yeah. And again, we're talking about like essentially an open air prison slash concentration camp. They can't really leave. 
So it's not like they're, it's not like if, if they came to Calgary, they can maybe go to like, I don't know, Medicine Hat or like fucking Red Deer. You or know? some of the small towns. Yeah. Cause like we're not blocked, right? Yeah. Like I don't think we understand cause we'll never understand what it's like to live in this like blocked off area that mm. is so tiny. So yeah. So essentially they're saying like you need to leave. Otherwise we're going to bomb the living crap out of it. Mm. And there's been reports that they said, okay, take a certain route and then they like bomb that route. So like there's been people that have been killed. They're trying to evacuate on like, like trucks. And then they'll, I don't know. Mm. Right. Like it's just horrifying. And, um, I think they finally started letting in because they had blocked off the Egypt border as well. Mm -hmm. So people were trying to get in like medical aid and water and supplies into Gaza, but then they blocked it off for like days. And then I think they finally like opened it or something like this. Essentially, it's a fucking shit show, and uh, I don't know. It's it's fucking it's terrifying. Like, we're literally yeah. watching genocide. Like yeah, yeah. they are ethnically cleansing, and and make no mistake about it. it this has always been like Netanyahu is far right wing government. He wants a fully like Jewish nation. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't want. He sees Palestinians, I think, as like less than animals. Like mm-hmm. I don't think he sees them as human, and I think that. They're trying to make this a full on like Jewish ethno state by getting rid of the Palestinians. Yeah. And essentially, if they do end up leaving through, let's say, the Egypt border, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to return. Like, yeah. 100%. They can't return. Like, are you joking me? Like, yeah. you really think they're going to open up the borders again and be like, oh, welcome back home? Like, yeah, yeah. And for some of these people, like, that, that is their home, even if it is like, you know, bad conditions. Yeah. What else do they know? And also, a lot of these Palestinians have a lot of like, you know, they want Palestine back. Like, they yeah. want to have their home back. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fucking mess. It's a disaster. And, and it's been a disaster I know, for fucking 75 years. I know. And I think it's, yeah, for 75 fucking years. Yeah. And people, like a lot of Palestinians, um, they can't return yeah. back home, you know, because like, it, like Israel won't allow them. Yeah. And, and also since this whole thing happened, there's been a, like quite a few casualties, uh, Palestinians being killed in the West Bank as well. Yeah. So it's just like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of like international support for mm-hmm. Palestinians. And I think more and more people are kind of like understanding this a bit more. Yeah. And they're seeing like, cause well, I think if you think about it in like the two thousands and stuff, yeah, like we, we were subject to primarily, we didn't have social media. We exactly. didn't have a lot of this other stuff. So we were subject to what the news outlets were telling us. Yeah. So like, obviously the news outlets being like, Oh my God, this terrorist attack is happening. Poor, you know, Israel exactly. or whatever it might be. That's going to shape our exactly. opinion. Be like, Oh, that's what's happening. Whereas when we have like social, social media and we learn a little bit not that all social media is good obviously of course but we we can start to hear like firsthand stories and we start to understand a little bit more about what is going on there and then also if you take a step back and try not to take a side i mean not not try not to take a side Mm -hmm. but what i mean by taking a step back and analyze the situation and think okay well there's certain things that are adding up like you were saying like for example the first thing that comes to my mind at least if there's a hostage situation is hostage negotiation. Mm-hmm. I'm like my first thought isn't like it's like for example if someone captured my family mm-hmm. and locked them in a house, I'm not going to bomb the house. I'm not going to be like, "Oh, well, they're they're exactly. gone now. I'm going to fucking bomb. No, I'm going to work with the hostages or the the negotiate yeah, work with the, the Hamas or work with the terrorists the, whoever has with, them as yes. hostage, the hostage hostage takers hostage I have takers no I don't know what they're called yeah but anyway I would work with them to try to get my family free mm-hmm. that's what I that would be my number one priority mm-hmm. before taking any violent action like if I'm if I yeah. feel like the negotiations going nowhere I can't achieve anything then I might try to do something violent but it would still in a way to try to save my family exactly you know because that's what right. I would really be going for so like that doesn't it doesn't add up like okay the hostages are are, are under hostage and you're gonna bomb it 
it makes no sense. Yeah. So well, that, it makes sense because I know I believe that the motives yeah. of the Israeli government and the U.S. Right. But if, I mean, I'm meaning yeah. just like, and, and I get that, but right. I'm saying like, just take it, take a step right. back yeah. and, and like, don't even think about Analyze the stuff. situation. Exactly. Look at the situation as it is without any, and I know it's hard to do sometimes, but like think like it doesn't, if it doesn't make sense, like it's not adding up. It's not adding up. So, well, what adds up is like the motives have been clear hmm. and they've been doing that. The thing is that they've been doing this for years, right? Like even before Hamas was even an entity, hmm. they've killed so many Palestinians. They've displaced so many Palestinians from their homes. Yeah. They've literally kicked out Palestinians from their homes and Palestinians because they don't really have an army. They don't really have anything like Hamas is literally all they have. And that's in Gaza. Yeah. So like in the West bank, they've got like nothing. So they can't fight back. Mm. So they can't like there no one is, you know, vouching for them. Yeah. So they can't do anything. So then they're just taking it, taking it, taking it. And I think that and I think what the problem is, like this is going to end up in more like violence, right? Mm. Even on the Israeli side. Cuz it's like either like you're going to just completely get rid of the Palestinians in, you know, in Gaza or you're going to create even cuz like think about it. Somebody's you, your whole family line I've seen I've seen dads all their kid all his kids were killed yeah you know like I've seen people that have lost their brother like everyone's lost their family members members and mm-hmm. way to radicalize somebody yeah like, what do you think is going to happen now like because now it's like you're creating more extreme people now yeah because, because well and also exactly. the, you don't have anything to live for not that you don't yeah. have anything to no, live for. No, it's true. But like if your whole family's wiped out and that was your life. Exactly. And now you're like, are you fucking kidding me? You've killed my entire family now? Yeah. Number one, you want revenge. Yes. And number two, you've taken away everything that I cared about. Yeah. So my life now for myself becomes less valuable. Exactly. My own personal way I think about exactly. myself. It, yeah. this, just, this is not excusing anything. It's yeah. just human nature. Like I don't know what it's like to have my entire like family members wiped out. Well, not just wiped out, murdered. Murdered. And I don't know what it's like to yeah. have my house bombed. I don't know what it's like to live in an open air prison or a concentration yeah. camp. Like these things create violent people. Yeah. And so it's not a surprise that even like a organization like Hamas has even any sort of uh, like the fact that they even exist should not be a surprise because mm. when you put people into these extreme conditions, you are creating extreme people with, yeah. you know, and, radicalizing them and this is like these things have been studied like when you have people in these like you know very uh, you know fucked up situations they will become fucked up you know like more likely than not and now it's like with this whole thing happening it's like it's never it's never gonna end in anything good yeah right like and, and now i'm just like I don't know what's going to happen. These yeah. fucking hostages are still like, they still have those Israeli hostages. God what damn. are they going to do with these hostages? Like, I don't understand. Like they need to negotiate the hostage release. Like, yeah. I don't know why people like in Israel are not, you know, do they not care about these hostages? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, we'll link the episode that we did Pre- before, but you know, you know, what's interesting. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, the guy that we talk about yes, sometimes. I love he Jordan has a daughter. Peterson. Did we talk about Michaela Peterson? Um, the daughter? I, we have talked about her in the so past. So I don't normally like her. I mean, I mean, I don't really like dislike her. I just yeah. like, don't agree with her views normally. But she actually has a podcast and she did this uh, like long episode where she interviewed uh, one guy that stands up for the Israel side. And then one, the guy that I talked about, Norman Finkelstein, I think mm-hmm. that's his name, who again is like... Uh, 
has been an activist for like Palestinians for like years. Yeah. Studied this literature and everything. I don't really know what this other guy does. Yeah. But she did an entire segment when first she interviewed the Israel guy mm -hmm. separately. And then afterwards she, she interviewed the uh, pro-Palestinian guy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting because then like she doesn't, she's kind of like going at it. She's like, I don't really know much about the situation. Yeah. So she's just asking questions and letting them answer. So we should link that below yeah. because then people can watch the whole thing and you know make up your mind and it's yeah. interesting because i saw the comments and normally michaela peterson like i'm sure her audience is quite like conservative because yeah. she's like a conservative uh i think her politics are conservative mm -hmm. and but almost every comment was like oh think you know norman norman had you know great things to say like yeah so i think you know, we'll leave that and you can decide yeah what you want to believe um but I think the evidence is very clear. Yeah. All human rights, like we're talking about human rights organizations, international organizations have, you know, been very clear about this. Mm. They can't do anything, but they're very clear right. about, you know, what's going on. Yeah. So anyways, wow. God damn. <laughs> oh, that's not an easy topic to talk about, Daniel. No. Because we're going to piss off people no matter what. We are. But I'm sorry that I need to be, like, the thing is, we need to be on the right side of history. Mm -hmm. And we always wonder, you know, in a situation like, you know, we hear about these tragic things happening, you know, fucking Holocaust and fucking horrible things happening. And we're thinking like, how do people, like, how do people let this happen? Exactly. Slavery in the United well, and, States. And I think, I think it's a good point, Rose. Cause like, you know, when we're gone and our, you know, podcast is still out there oh, floating God. in the ether, someone could find this episode uh -huh. and be like, Oh, you know what? As part of a history class or something, maybe some kids doing a <laughs> fucking study and they're like, oh, oh God. I found like there were people speaking about this right. on the other side, yeah. you know? So I think actually it's, it's a good thing. To, it's a good point to make. Well, I think it's important to like, yeah, I don't know. And if you is, send me, you, if, I'll, I'll, I'll look up those or if you can send I'll me send those. I'll send you, I'll send you the yeah, video. Yeah. I think it's, I, I actually like, I need to re-listen to it. Cause like I was kind of half listening to it. Yeah. Um, but I need to re-listen to the whole thing and I will listen to even the Israel guy. Yeah. Um, Although I think he's spewing a lot of garbage, but yeah. I will listen to it yeah. and I will try to, you know, listen to it with an open mind. And the thing is, um, and I think Norman, Norman guy, he makes like a very good, a few very good points. One of the points being that like, we need to look at, like he said, like, like I said before, not look at what Israel is saying and what Palestine is saying and look at what the organizations are saying, the third party organizations. Yeah. And if you look at that, then it's very clear. Yeah. And we're not talking about U.S. organizations. We're talking about like third party human rights organizations. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's very clear what's going on. And a lot of what like some people have been sending me like, you know, like people sending me all of this mm -hmm. videos made by the IDF, IDF being the Israel Defense Force, a.k.a. the Israeli military. Yeah. And I'm like, they're working fucking like Israeli military is working overtime mm. to like make themselves look however way they want. They're to curating an image. Yeah. They're curating propaganda. They're making propaganda mm. and people have been sending me Israel propaganda and I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see Damn. it because I'm sorry if I'm going to, if I, if there's a company, right. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking this company is doing shady shit and I'm saying this company is doing shady shit. Mm. Are you going to send me marketing material made by that company? No, <laughs> that's, it's, it's like, you know what like, it just, you know what it just made me think of, which is like a really bad situation. But if, do you what? remember that movie, um, Aaron Brockovich. Yes. So do you remember that everyone was getting sick? Yes. In that is area. It's about like the, is it Flint? No. I can't remember the, I can't remember the, right. anyway, it it's was about like water and a water treatment facility. Right. Yeah. And they were arguing that, you know, so what had happened was a bunch of people were getting sick in this like town and the, um, company, the organization sure. or whatever that were, that was responsible, responsible was providing doctors 
for these people. Right. So that the doctors actually, even though they were developing all these crazy symptoms yeah. and all this shit, all linked to the really bad chemicals in the water. Yeah. Um, they had doctors going to them and the doctors were saying, hey, everything's all right. It's not the water. Right. It's everything but the water. Exactly. And it's like, again, you're not going to... That's be- called a conflict of interest. Exactly. And you're not going to believe if... Like if some if some organization... It's like if if one one side or the other paid an organization yes. to do a report on this area, it's not. It's going to be biased. It's going to be course. one side biased. So like you do have to look at those third parties that are outside of this. Exactly. For them as much as they can be and and, and listen to what they're having to say. And um, yeah. we'd have some other stories. But we do. Do we have time? Uh, oh my God. Sorry. I took up all I the time. No, it's let's, fine. Let's, let's discuss one, one big story. Okay. What's, we'll, what's we'll one do one. one. Or like, like, yeah. Sorry guys. I took up all that time. I did not mean to. But we also talked about voting rights and crazy stuff why don't we do the one with the with the with the yeah that one i want to talk about that one i want to know the details of this okay. so breaking news baltimore yeah. so i guess there was a group of three people yeah. called harlem park three so again i don't want to go too much into the like well because i don't really know what the exact situation the exact situation as to why they were convicted right Anyway, I'll, 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 I'll talk to you. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't know too, too much about what they went on with the Harlem Park 3. I think they were confu- the, the, I think that ultimately it was some kind of murder charge. Okay. Yeah. And there was these three individuals. Let me let me look it up. Yeah. I, I found it right here. So Harlem Park 3, um, Alfred Chestnut, Andrew Stewart, and Ransom Watkins. Mm-hmm. So they were... So recently they were exonerated. Yes. But they've each spent... 36 years in prison, in prison yeah. for the 1983 murder of 14-year-old Dewitt Duckett. Mm-hmm. So I guess they were wrongfully convicted. And mm-hmm. of course, it was three black men. Surprise, yes. surprise. Yeah. And there there has some like, yeah, there was some like obviously some underlying racism and of reason as to why they were um, convicted. Right. So they were, okay, so let me read this quickly. So yeah. the three men that were teenagers at the time were convicted um, of the murder who was shot and killed. So the the poor, this person that got murdered was shot and killed in mm. Harlem Park Junior High School yeah. by someone who wanted to steal his jacket. They were convicted based on the testimony of four teenage witnesses who have now recanted, saying they were pressured by police to change their initial truthful stories yeah. that one person committed the crime instead of three Instead, identify three boys. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, well, actually, this is a long. This is a long story. This is a long story that they were stuck in prison for thirty six years, guys. Since they were teenagers, so, all their life just completely gone. gone. It's, it, it says here in this article, it's like they went into prison as teenagers and they're coming out as young grandfathers. Oh my god! Like that's insane. That's like, like that's longer than our lifetime. Longer than we've been alive. Can you imagine? They've been in prison. So, and add like, add another 15, 16 years on our age. Why did it take so long? These things, you know, they have a, I feel like they have a tendency to drag on. You know, once people are in the prison system, you got to go through appeal process. You got to do all this other stuff. So I'm sure that. um, Because this is similar to the uh, Central Part 5. Which is another case of five black. I think there were, I think there were four black and one like Latino or something. And they were like convicted and spent years in yeah. prison. So did you okay. did you read or did you see how much they're getting paid out? No, tell me. Okay, so they're getting paid out from the city, I guess, or from the government. From the government, yeah, yeah as like a what was it called retribution? No, what's yeah. the term? 
uh restitution restitution I, Actually, I don't know what it's called like whatever they, term it is to basically like make right even make though, whole basically make, yeah make it better even though nothing's going to make it better yeah. but so yeah. 36 years in prison and they are getting a payout of 48 million dollars each or between the three of them between the three yeah that was my understanding i mean i don't think there's any number that is enough 36 years. Well, and think about the, the, this article does talk about it as well. The toll on their physical and mental health. Yes, exactly. I think there should be more for sure. Yeah. I mean, no number is going to make it better. Um, I think they're traumatized. No, $48 million settlement. So that that's the whole thing. Right. Settlement. So that's the total, which obviously would have to get divided by between the three of them. Right. So it's not enough. Yeah. So that would be what? 48 divided by three, Daniel. <laughs> God damn. It would be like, can you do it on your not, phone? I mean... Rose? Is it, tw- is it, it's going to be it more would, than, it would be less than 20 each. Yeah. So it's like 15 ish. Yeah. 15, 30. Yeah. It would be like six, fi- yeah. 15 point something divided by, oh wait, 48 divided by three. Yeah. It'd be 16. Oh yeah. 16. Oh my million God. Dollars. <laughs> now I mean, fucking hell in, in this day and age, 16 million. That's nothing. It's not a lot of money. I mean, it is in the, in the grass. I mean, thing. what is that per year? Okay. Yeah. 16 million divided by 36 years per person. That's four. What, what is this? Hold on. That would be 400 440,000 per on, year. Divided by 36. Yeah. So about half a million a year. Not enough. No, this is something like, think about it. Think about the life your experience freedom. you have, your freedom. Like, yeah. All some, your youth. Some, yeah, exactly. All your youth gone. All of your experiences, your mental health, everything. And you get, yeah, half a million. Some people might be like, yeah, that's a shitload of money. But in the grand scheme of things, like, in your life, the what you've been robbed of, yes. that doesn't seem that high. Exactly. I feel like it should be more. I think so too, but I don't think any number will be enough. I know. Like, like, and, yeah. that, and we're going to leave this question with you guys. What this do you is guys our think? final story. Um, so we want you guys to tell us in the comment section below or just like let us know, what do you guys think would justify a settlement? What do you think is the number for each year or the whole time of what um, individuals that are wrongly accused should get? Is there a, is there a number? <sighs> I don't think there's any number. No, because it's like you know what? Yeah, they got they each get sixteen million dollars, but like they're, they're old never, now. Exactly. The thing o- is, older time is the only thing that we can't get back. Yes. Right. And it's like once those years are gone, they are gone. You never get them back. You can't all of a sudden become youthful again. Exactly. And if we could, that would be great. But we I know. can't. So if only you, there was like a thing where we could actually I mean, re- like go the, back in time. Because then the government could be like pay for that and reverse the aging. Well, like, have you heard of the this guy that's like. Uh, he's trying to yes. be really young. Did we talk about him? I don't. Like, I don't know if we talked fully about him, but there's that guy. He's we like, need to talk about him on an episode. So much money because isn't he like he, injecting himself with like plasma? He's and, insane. Like, like he basically. So I can't remember how old he is. I think he's like forty mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And I guess he was like really rich. So I guess he. I don't know. Was like working in the tech industry or yeah. something. And then he became like super rich because I think he sold a company and like yeah. you, you can make like, he made like hundreds of millions of dollars, mm. became super rich. And then he decided to embark on this like journey of like being extremely healthy. Like, you know, yeah. so he's, he follows this like very rigid routine. Mm-hmm. He basically eats the same thing every day and he does follow a vegan diet. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So apparently and, that will elongate your life, guys. <laughs> but like every, but he eats the same thing every day. And yeah, it like, that's crazy. I'm sorry, but I've seen kind of like what he eats. Mm. It does not sound fun. Like yeah. none of it sounds fun. Like maybe for one meal, mm. but it's like none of it looks that great. It looks healthy. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, and you know, he he takes like a hundred something supplements a day. 
like sleeps a specific amount of time, works yeah. out a specific am- amount of time. And it's just, but he also does more than that too, though. I think he also yeah, like, he does a lot injects of a lot of like things into it. Like he gets like youthful blood or I can't remember what it was, yeah, yeah. but like he, some kind of plasma his son's blood or something, something like this. He's does like, he goes over and above. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, he says he does it as like a, he, well, it's interesting. Cause like he seems to like want to do it as like almost like a public experiment. Kind of, because yeah. he he puts out like his um, routine online, mm. and he says he's not just doing it for his own benefit, yeah. but he's kind of like wanting to figure out like how do we elongate mm. life or whatever. So it's kind it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But the interesting thing too, the mm. concept of aging. I was reading this article, and I think we might have talked about this in the podcast too. The concept of aging and how they were uh, there was this article I was reading, and and essentially it's a really interesting concept because if you think about the human body, like our cells are regenerating all the time, right? Right. So you would think like a regeneration, but there is a component within the cell that causes it every time it regenerates to be like a little bit like it slowly weakens over time. And that essentially is what causes us to kind of like age. That's part of it. So if you alter that component. Exactly. If we can identify, as scientists can identify what that specific component is, and I think they have identified it, but it's how to stop it. Right. Then... We could then possibly we can live forever, but that's not necessarily live a good forever? thing. Well, maybe not live think? forever, but like extend life a lot. Interesting. And it's like, but, but it's like, you know what? Part of the beauty of life is that we're, is we're that immortal. it's finite. <gasps> exactly. Because as soon as you become, you saw all those shows, like when vampires are like immortal and stuff, you know, right? they like end up getting bored and like, it's like nothing is entertaining to them anymore. But anyway. Oh, God damn. That's me. <laughs> Don't be smoking weed to not do. I won't be, but we could talk about this forever, but uh, we really could. We should do, we should do a deep dive into on this aging. Guy. On aging, maybe guys. What do you guys want? This goddamn. We could we could have a discussion. And on that positive note, <laughs> guys. Oh God, guys, stay in a positive place. Yeah. Enjoy please. your week. Um, hopefully Rose hasn't depressed you too much. I and know. I'm I so haven't sorry. Too. Um, yeah, we'll but, link we'll link the sources below, yeah. and uh, yeah. Yeah, and if you aren't already, guys, we forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast, but check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheSavagePodcast. There's a lot of exclusive content on there. Um, you know, we do an exclusive episode every single month, and also you get all the content on there, ad free. You get it before everybody else. It comes out a week before mm-hmm. everyone else. Um, and there's a kind of a nice little community in there that you can engage with and things like that. So yep. really, really fun space. Um, if you are watching us on YouTube, don't forget to give this video a thumbs up, comment, show us some love in the comment section below, and if you're following us on your or if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform don't forget to hit that follow and that way you get updated as soon as there's publicly available episodes yeah all right see you guys next week all right bye bye